goes a little something like this. Tag team back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Hey. Great time of year over at Katichi, C-A-T-E-E-C-H-E-E.com for the best when it comes to instruction and golf and what a great time of year. Hey, don't forget Demo Day coming up. They do a terrific job with their demo days and Shannon has another demo day set up. This is a tailor-made demo day. This is Friday, March the 31st from noon to 5. If you want to think about the Stealth 2, if you want to think about the... Uh, the, uh, getting a time set up, a, a fitting time, you get a personal fitting time, call 706-856-3323. 706-856-3323. Or, or easy, Shannon at Katichi.com, and he'll get you a time to get fit for the Stealth 2 products at TaylorMade. You're going to love those demo days. You're going to love Katichi. Play some golf. Great weather. Spring is here. It's a time of year to take some business down there, to take some friends down there, to get a little getaway time. We love our awesome friends over at Katichi, C-A-T-E-E-C-H-E-E.com. To our guest lines, so one of our most popular guests and one of my favorite people, Paul Strelo, TigerIllustrated.com. Paul, if we can just avoid any Liverpool and man, you talk today, that would be much appreciated from the host. <laughs> Hey, it just, just distracts from uh, how bad my team is. So, well, let's talk recruiting. Good, good. Um, actually, I want to talk some spring practice first because you okay. have. Uh, I saw you there on Monday. Have you been able to, to, to go all three days or most days? I know you, Larry, is, is, uh, got a lot going on. Have you been able to go a lot this week? Been been there all three days for the media availability that Clemson was gracious enough, gracious enough to afford it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you pick um, a storyline or maybe two storylines, maybe one each side of the ball, whatever. What has what's the major thing that you have seen or learned or has caught your eye in your three sessions you've been to? You know, a couple of things that you're you know, for one, I'm always looking at the freshmen uh, to start off with the, the new toys, see how where they are physically, how they match up with their peers, uh, just kind of how they're being used. You know, I, I think that, you know, it, the first few days underline that, that Peter Woods is going to be what we've forecasted him to be, which is a, an immediate impact kind of guy. Now, you know, I think that, that you got to be careful, you know, when you kind of put him in the, the line of Christian Wilkins. You know, I think the expectation for him to be senior or junior year, either one of those Christian Wilkins, you know, is premature. He's not there yet. But I think as, as the guy who comes in who will play immediately, uh, you know, he will be, I think he will be in that rotation immediately with Rook Oro uh, and Tyler Davis. Uh, using him on special teams immediately, I think you see the versatility uh, that, with particularly with the way teams scheme defensive fronts and run a lot of four eyes and kind of uh, the way they move their defensive tackles even kind of out to a glorified end at times. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, rivals came around to making him a five-star better late than never. Uh, and a couple of other folks maybe moved him down because he didn't didn't have, you know, huge measurables uh, when they saw him, which was no real breaking news. Uh, but I think, you know, the – Early on, we've seen, all right, he's going to be what, what he was advertised or what we believe him to be. Uh, he's going to be an impact kind of guy. I think you're looking at you know, Garrett Riley, uh, how he acclimates and, and how others acclimate around him and, and the new installation. So you're, you're look, you know, the things that kind of pop out are you know, some different things structurally, you know, the, the wyver, you know, how, 
how wide some of the wide receivers go in, in their alignment and, and the splits between slot receiver and just some different things within the, the formations that are different. Uh, I think you you watch kind of the demeanor and how he handles quarterbacks and oversees offense and uh, and just kind of the personality that comes out there, uh, as well as you know I think that Clemson, you know, as much a reflection of Dabo Sweeney more so than than Riley, uh, I think has kind of come out with a a little different intensity to start off. You know, I think that you're always trying to push tempo and intensity early on in the spring ball, but I think there's a little a little more edginess to Dabo Sweeney, and I think that has trickled on down through the assistant coaches and, and just kind of the intent to create you know, a, and foster you know, a hyper-competitive environment uh, where there, there is a little more edge to the beginning and, and a, a sense of urgency perhaps a little bit to get back to the level Clemson was here just two years ago. Let me fly down freshman first impressions of the guys that are there right now. And, and I might throw in a little a deal. I thought Vecina was bigger than I thought. I think he's obviously lost um, from, a, from a head swimming mm-hmm. standpoint. But physically, he looked a little bigger, a little thicker. Um, he's, he's close to maybe 6'5". He's a, he's a big boy. He is. You know, Paul Tyson, 6'5", 230 is what he lists at. And, and Vecina was much closer to him, you know, really right there then there's a noticeable difference between Vizina and, and Cade Klubnik. And Cade Klubnik is not small, but he looks small next to Vizina. Uh, so, you know, to already kind of come at that, that 6'4", 220 probably at least, uh, you know, I think it, it kind of jumps out, and I think it jumped out a little bit to Garrett Riley as well. I think Vizina's poise uh, also really has kind of come through where he might not know where he's going, but there, isn't kinda, there aren't really the panicked mistakes that you see with a, a lot of freshmen, and, and there will be mistakes from Vizina, but I think just in as a manner of disposition uh, and the way he carries himself, I think that uh, you want your quarterback to have the kind of poise that Vizina is showing here in the early going. Wide receiver-wise, the two that are in now, to me, notably, I thought Noble Johnson was bigger uh, than I expected. I don't know why. I, I, you know, I read recruiting ranks. I read Paul Strelo. I, I suspected mm-hmm. this, but he looked a little smoother, maybe a little, little, uh, little bigger than I thought coming in. Yeah, the, you know, it's whether where does perception meet reality? Right. You know, and I think he's listed somewhere between six two and six three through the years. I think he's he's a full six three. He looks like the the taller leaner type receiver that Clemson has had. And I think that the industry kind of framing him as possibly a linebacker early on distorted things and, and really created an impression for people that, that maybe, you know, was inaccurate. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that, you know, uh, that, uh, yes, he looks closer in line physically to what you match a Clemson receiver, you know, kind of the, the, the type cast that, that you thought through the years of the taller, leaner types. You know, I think he's closer to that than, than what the impression otherwise was. But I think Clemson saw that at camp last year, and that's why they, they jumped on offering him. Uh, offensive line, three of them are in now. Obviously, Owens has to reshape his body a little bit. But speaking of, mm-hmm. of just massive bodies, and I thought the guys, you know, from what little I saw moving their feet, athletic enough kind of deal there. But but both the two Texas offensive linemen, uh, just just big guys there, including, including Reed. And and looks like to me they're kind of throwing these guys to the fire. Yes, I think there is an intent, or you know, the hope is to to create some competition in there because I don't think there really has been that for the second string in a while. 
and we'll see if that that materializes over time. Like you said, Zach Owens does have to to lose you know lose some weight, reshape the body. Uh, that that is not uncommon uh, for guys of his, his body type uh, to come in bigger than you want and you trim down. Uh, there are a number of stories like this, so that will come in time. Uh, you know, uh, I think that with Ian Reed, our you know, I think he. I think you, he's the one I think you want to try and bring along quickly to, to develop some depth at tackle. Uh, he's right now been the backup right tackle. Uh, and so I think that, I, I think he has probably jumped out of the three. Harris Sewell, you know, I think we'll, we'll start off playing guard. I think long range, he has a better body type for center. Uh, and it's a matter of, you know, there's a lot to learn there. And I think that a lot of times their future centers, they start off at guard kind of, Keep their head from from swimming to, you know, to to getting buried and everything you have to learn. So, uh, you know, I, I do think that you know, will those guys compete for two deep jobs? Is what this next fifth, you know, the next twelve practices is for heading into summer workouts and kind of getting them in position to compete come August. On the defensive line, by the way, Paul Strillers, our guest, TigerIllustrated.com. On the defensive line, to me, it's two different storylines. Parker is not having to beat out um, you know, any kind of, of all-American defensive end over there for any kind of playing mm-hmm. time, and physically he looks the case. You already mentioned Peter Woods, but on the other side of it, as good as Green and Burley look, and they look athletic and great bend and great acceleration, some of those things, but still with, with what's ahead of them, maybe we're talking about down the road a little bit. Two, two completely different situations at end and tackle with these, these freshmen. I agree. You know, I think T.J. Parker will play a good bit as a freshman. Uh, will he start? Uh, you hope not, just based on you hope Xavier Thomas is ready. You hope Justin Maskell gives you the veteran presence uh, that, that you hope he would in, in returning and, and his seasoned experience through the years. You don't want to have to count on a freshman, but I think there's opportunity there for T.J. Parker. Uh, and, and also, you kind of hope T.J. Parker's presence you know, maybe lights the fire under Zaire Patterson uh, to to really kind of push his game to another level or two uh, in terms of work ethic and and whatnot. And so you've got, you know, I think that you've got a Greg Williams there who is kind of the the default number three guy right now. Uh, but I think if you're Clemson, ideally you're bringing T.J. Parker along. You know, if nothing else, for him and Williams uh, to be probably the 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 twos at defensive end. But I think that. That there is for a freshman to play, he's got to be really good, and there's and or there's got to be opportunity. Uh, and I think there's definitely opportunity at defensive end, defensive tackle. We've talked about, you know, I think Peter Woods is just different. Uh, you know, where Vic Burley and Stephylin Green, both top 110 guys uh, for rivals. You know, I think you see good play for both. I think Vic Burley is a guy who can play, uh, and you see that already. I think he's got a, you know, probably will want to continue to build his upper body strength. I think he's got a really strong lower body, quick. You, you see in, in just tempo drill offense versus defense, you know, his ability to get off the ball uh, and disengage, chase guys down. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think he's physically where he necessarily wants to be, but you see that cat can play. Uh, Stephylin Green, I think, is probably the best looking of the, of the three in terms of, you know, if you're going to, going to start with NFL draft or eyeball test or getting off the bus, however you want to characterize it. He's the best looking, uh, but he's a raw, at, you know, more the raw athlete uh, that I think will, will take some time to hone and if he's patient and works at it. You know, I don't think he, we're talking a long term projection is a couple years away, but I, 
I think a Peter Woods is ready very soon. I think it's going to take a little longer for Stephylon Green to get there, but you certainly see a lot of the physical assets that he has. Uh, at, at linebacker, you've got two completely different bodies in Anderson mm-hmm. and, and Creighton, and two different things you're going to ask him to do. Uh, but but here from a special team standpoint, and from um, and they're not going to start over the the three that they have there now. But it seemed like there's some uh, some depth issues maybe at linebacker, and and some opportunities for two, like I said, completely different bodies. Yes, uh, D Creighton, uh, you know, and while he's kind of characterized as a thumper, I think he's he will you know he will fill into a bigger linebacker type than what we've seen typically a Brent Venables. You know, I think. You've seen a, a shift in as Wes Goodwin has come in. You know when you Venables, you know even going back to his Oklahoma days, had some shorter, stockier linebacker types, and that's not what Creighton is as a thumper. He's going to be, you know, uh, probably an in between size wise between Barrett Carter and, and Jeremiah Trotter. You know, as a six one, eventually two thirty type linebacker. Uh, you know, probably closer to Trotter size, but. I think Trotter's a little on the higher end there. Uh, but uh, Creighton definitely is more of an inside linebacker type. But I think he get, gives you uh, a more athletic guy kind of in line with what Goodwin has prioritized uh, and kind of changing the taste and preference of inside backer. Anderson is 6'3", all of 6'3", you know, uh, low 200s, but another guy who, you know, really is probably next in line behind Wade Woodaz is, the, is that kind of, type who can play the, the strong side linebacker, uh, the Sam linebacker spot that, that, that Trenton Simpson had before, someone who, as he fills in, will be able to play the edge, but could give them something on special teams because I don't, well, I don't think he is necessarily ideally physically ready uh, to play at, at, at the Clemson level yet. You know, he's got to get stronger, et cetera. You know, he's big and can run, uh, and so I think he can give you something on special teams here and there. Uh, as he kind of fills in and, and physically matures. At at uh, and Paul Shiller's, I guess, been a, the three straight practices. In the secondary, maybe I'm guilty of, of prejudging someone, but these two guys looked exactly like I, th- I thought they would look. To me, Webb looked like a like a long legged Florida, uh, Florida State kind of safety, and Lewis. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've got my my pre you know I prejudged here, but this is a compliment. <laughs> And that Lewis looks like a University of Pittsburgh corner, and and that's a compliment because they've been really good at corner in recent years. But like a physical guy, you know, can play, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even in the box as a nickel kind of guy. They look like again different bodies, but but they looked exactly like I thought they were looking. And I was expecting some pretty big things from those guys. I, I would agree, and that, you know, I think that you know, there's a reason why Lewis was committed to Pitt for a little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Florida State, and Miami are the ones that went yeah. after Webb. Webb, you know, uh, Webb as we wrote. You know, he, he's all arms and legs right now, uh, and I, I think he's got to, you know, you you he's got to certainly kind of fill in in the upper body, uh, and I think kind of building his shoulders and and there's some strength that that he needs to add to be able to do what Clemson, you know, at Clemson's level you want him to do, but you you see a lot of upside there, the the imagination with his his length uh, and his range, what he could do at at a free safety type. You know, I think is very appealing, and I thought he was one of the more undervalued guys in the recruiting market. Whereas, you know, Lewis, I think looks more ready to play, yeah. uh, and more, you know, more so than I think a lot of people would have anticipated. Now, I'm not saying he is ready, but from a physical standpoint, too, like I think he's one of those guys that you got that that state of Georgia dog in him. 
Yeah. Like uh, he he is he's got the disposition. You like the way he carries himself, uh, and I think he is going to show to be a a really good evaluation. Uh, someone that you wonder how did the the higher end teams not come after this guy uh, when all is said and done. So Clemson's got some higher ranked corners coming in uh, and some upside types, maybe some more refined guys. But I, you know, I think Lewis, you know, might see the field earliest of the three, and not just because he's a, a mid-year enrollee, but I think he's ready. He's ready for special teams and can can give them something as a backup and and possibly a you know a nickel type player for them. Yeah, close to the line of scrimmage. Plus, you got to think of even a corner now. You got to bust up that screen game out there and take on those blockers out there. You got to tackle well in space, and so many people are trying to throw the ball mm-hmm. uh, uh, horizontally, and you got to be able to, to tackle, you know, uh, running backs out there in space and all that kind of stuff. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, quickly, Paul, in the final uh, final minute here, uh, two text questions. Want to ask about two players that from the last couple of classes, Kay Denoff and Ryan mm-hmm. Lithicum, hadn't made big splashes yet. Um, don't know if you if you see anything from those guys in the spring so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Denhoff again will. You know, it's uh, to what degree uh, can he raise his game with, the, you know, I think Parker's going to be knocking on that door. I think Greg Williams will be clearly kind of the number three. You know, I, I think that Denhoff is right there with Zaire Patterson on, you know, can can he be a depth number two guy? Uh, you know, I think so. Uh, I think that's to be determined. Linthicum, I think, will probably, you know, I think he's kind of will still be battling with Trent Howard as who's going to be the number two center. I think Lenticum's getting more of the snaps in that regard, and Howard's, Howard's working more at guard uh, this spring as they're trying to sort those things out. But he'll be given every opportunity to be the number two center. Uh, but I still think there's, you know, with, with center, there's so much to, I think he's done a much better job of starting to reshape his body. Uh, and, but I think as far as, you know, he's got to show me learning the offense, knowing where to be, functional strength out there, you know, uh, I think that that a lot is still be determined as far as what his future trajectory will be. All right, more coverage this spring. You guys are doing a great job with that. Recruiting kicking in, big, huge recruiting weekends coming up. Tell me about uh, TigerRealSighted.com. Yeah, a lot more on the site, not only from the, the first few days of practice. Uh, we've got some, some insiders coming out today on that. Like you said, uh, recruits are starting to come in. It'll be a big weekend, not in volume, but a couple important names. Uh, Air Nolan, you know, who I think is going to be the next quarterback offer. Uh, a couple of uh, Texas offensive linemen who they haven't offered as they look to expand the board. Uh, a, a five-star top ten guy in Edric Houston defensive end and, and a couple other big names coming this weekend. So we'll have a lot of coverage on that forthcoming as well as more spring practice returns. Place to find it, the best in the business tigerillustrated.com you larry and chris do a great job with it find it folks at tigerillustrated.com subscribe today hey always uh, appreciate it. let's talk about a big recruiting weekend when we visit next week yes sir good seeing you make it you too paul paul strelo tigerillustrated.com prime lending get your uh remorg refinance get your your um you know remodeling uh, project done get your you're buying your next home get your va loans the best of the business is prime lending they're setting records and winning awards why how well great market but also great people streamlining a process getting you the very best rates and, and working it out for you and your family prime lending sc.com it's prime lending sc.com short break much more right after this I'm a Gate Cup fan. Could you imagine living in a house like this? Making choices is hard, but choosing the right countertop doesn't have to be. Star Granite Interiors has been in business for over 50 years. We use the latest in... 
Technology. 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 No matter how you say it, we use the best equipment to ensure a quality experience, not to mention our customer service is second to none. Call our dad for a free quote. Call Jeremy Revis at 864-304-4249. Hello, sports fans. This is Bozy Boggs of the Boggs Law Firm, located in Greenville, South Carolina, but serving the upstate for over 20 years. We've always been happy to be long-term sponsors of the Mickey Plyler Show, WCCP. Just thank all the listeners who have used our firm in the past. And anyone who has a legal question in the future, don't hesitate to call us at 233-8066 or find us on the web at www.bogslawfirm.com. No case is too big or small, and I'd be happy to talk to you personally about your situation. And if I can't help you, I'll find someone that does. Shopping at Ingles is where it's at, right? If you're on the run or you don't have time to make a meal, a trip to your Ingalls Deli is the best bet for fresh and prepared foods to go. They have everything you need for you and your team, whether at home or at the tailgate. How about a beautiful arrangement from the Ingalls Floral Department to give a friend or a loved one a nice pick-me-up? Be sure to use that Ingalls Advantage card because it saves you real money at the 24-hour Ingalls Gas Express pumps. Did you know Ingles has a great choice of gluten-free products to choose from? Go to ingles-markets.com and you'll find a huge list of those gluten-free products. And remember Ingles, too, for your family's pharmacy needs, including vaccine and flu shots. American-owned with locations throughout the upstate. That's Ingles, where you'll always find low prices and you'll love the savings. For over 70 years, Ralph Hayes Toyota has been treating customers so well, you'd think they were part of the family. Members of our Family Promise program who buy a new Toyota will enjoy perks like lifetime nitro on tires, gas fill-up, lifestyle test drives, and three years no-cost maintenance. It's part of our pledge to give our customers the best new car buying experience. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. Hey Anderson, if you're looking for a great place to work, Glen Raven is hiring. The maker of high-quality, world-famous Sunbrella products is looking for process operators, process technicians, quality inspectors, and material handlers. Now they're seeking experienced pros, and they're also willing to train candidates who are new to manufacturing. So check out all the opportunities. Glen Raven offers a very competitive hourly rate, plus you'll get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. That's right, you'll get a $1,500 $100 sign-on bonus. So apply today. You'll also enjoy generous benefits, including paid vacation and holidays, 401k matching, a pension program, free on-site medical care, a 24-7 fitness center, and more. It's an established company with an exciting future, so don't wait. Apply now at join.sunbrella.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Apply today at join.sunbrella.com. I don't know about you, but freshening up my house for spring is one of my favorite times of the year. That's why I'm so glad I made a stop at Kohl's, where I was able to save 25% off must-haves from Sonoma Goods for Life, like new decor for my living room and the softest sheets for my bedroom. Plus, I got an extra 15% off. So if you want to spend less on your spring home refresh, you know where to go. Select styles. Offers end March 12th. See store or kohls.com for details. Powered by Upcountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection.
your sports, your hosts, your station. Second touchdown of the night. Got a little crease in between the tackles. Boy, does this kid look good. 105.5, 97.5. We're the roar, baby. any weight over here buddy be honest because you kind of got a hoodie on well i got the tax monkey off my back my taxes are filed everything is set everything is awesome easy as pie easy greasy lemon squeezy went to patterson's tax service p-a-t-t-x.com patax.com 864-859-8289 took all my information got it done it's in there. It's done, and uh, my business taxes, my wife and I's personal taxes, they are done. We did it. Whew. Move on. You can do it. Get it done now. But businesses, you got to file by March fifteenth. Get and, and you got to know how much to put in your SEP. Take care of it. Pat. I mean, uh, patatx.com, pattax.com, eight six four eight five nine eight two eight nine eight six four eight five nine. 8289, the Patterson Tax Service. I guarantee you go once and you won't ever go anywhere else ever again. So at the end of the hour, that's Paul Strelo, and I appreciate him. And we're going to talk about maybe some what, what those guys like Vecina and Noble Johnson, maybe we'll let you hear from him about some of those guys coming up. But at the end of the first hour, we played a little bit of Garrett Riley and, and what he had to say about his first three days. And uh, Morgan, for instance, let's see here. So Kate Klubnick is learning a new offense. And I believe we got it ready, Morgan, for what, what uh, Garrett Riley had to say about Kate Klubnick and this new offense. You know, and, and again, we're, we're all about simplicity and making it easy for that guy, number one. I mean, it's, that's, that's the whole thing. If it's easy for the quarterback, odds are it's, it's, uh, it's gonna, you're going to reap the benefits of that eventually. So he's, he's grasped it well. I think all those guys have. They've had a great mentality uh, from day one of learning in that quarterback position room. Uh, I think we got smart kids in there, guys that understand football. But, yeah, okay, specifically, a lot of things that he's kind of done in, at the high school level and things we did last year, it's just probably doing a little bit more and, and higher repetition of it. Repetition of the same plays, different formation, different personnel groups. One of the things I thought was very interesting is um, what he what he talks about later in, and we'll get to this later, Morgan. But I'll get your thoughts on this, MT. If you if everybody if you run the same play over and over and over and over, one thing he said is you can't be bored by it. You know, like you you haven't mastered it yet, so don't be bored by it. That's hard though, right? So you sit in a bunch of corporate meetings. Yeah, I mean, you, you're a a corporate superstar. You're a a, a dynamic leader of a of too a, many of meetings. A team. Yeah, but. A lot of times, like, you can try to reinvent the wheel, but it's a lot of stuff you're saying, you're saying over and over and over and over. I mean, boredom can be an issue. If you, In football, if you're running the same play over and over and over again, well, you hadn't perfected it, but you do get comfortable in it. But you have to fight the idea of complacency of boredom through all that. But if you, again, it's not of, of what you're doing is how you're doing it, who's doing it and how you're doing it. Makes a lot of sense. I like this philosophy. Danny Ford had this philosophy. Did he? Danny Ford had this philosophy of not only were we going to only take eight running plays into a game or whatever, 
we might run some different motions out of it. We might run out of different sets, but there's six or eight runs we're going to have. We're the inside zone, but back then it have zone blocking. But, but we're going to do it over and over and over again. So there's a great story about Coach Ford that they're playing at Virginia one year. And Coach, we, this is process before we had process. Clemson's playing at Virginia one year. And Woody McCorvey's bought by Danny Ford. Woody McCorvey had, had the headphones on. And, and, and Chuck Reedy or, or Jack Crow, whoever the offensive coordinator at the time, I think Chuck Reedy at this time, would call down the play. And Woody would signal the play in or, tell, or, or give it to the wide receiver, tell him he would run the play in. It wasn't signaling back then, run the play in. Well, Clemson runs an option to the short side of the field. And somebody misses a block. And it's, it's like a two-yard loss on a perimeter run, sweeper option, whatever it was. And as they're unpiling over there, as the play, even before the play even ends, the referee blows and spots the ball over, Coach Ford said, who missed the block? Who missed the block? Right? And he, he's run, yelling at Woody, who missed the block? This is in a, in a, in a, I mean, this is an NCAA football game itself. And, and Coach says, Coach, we don't know. And he said, run it again. And the defensive linemen are, that are unpiling and linebackers are unpiling over it at Virginia are like looking at him and he's saying, same formation, same set, run it again. And so Virginia knows what's coming the very next play. That wasn't important to coach for. Because basically what he's saying there is, we can tell you what we're running, but if we execute it, you still can't stop it. It doesn't matter what the play call is. Execute the play call. Block your man. I can tell how many times have you seen this? How many times have you seen Roger Clemens or some pitcher on the mound look at the, the, the he's looking at the catcher and he's mouthing fastball. <laughs> and the batter sees it. You you can know a fastball's coming, but if I got enough movement on it, it hit my spot, you still not gonna hit it. And as man, as as fans, that blows our mind because as fans, we think that there's some magic that we're some play call that's going to be this magical. We think that it's, that it's Madden games, right? You, you, I saw you the other day talking about <laughs> Madden, four verts and Madden. It's easy. I mean, well, that's where most of the plays come from. Yeah. I mean, Madden has tried to simulate real life. Well, even in the four verts, like you, you, the example you used. I mean, actually executing it, like you said, is much different than than the the play itself the, that's the drawn up. Yeah. yeah, but but I like it, like the pass protection, like where you're picking up the blitz and what the what the running back sees that where he's because he's doing pass pro, right? He's in pass protection, so he's got to pick up a blitzer, know where it's coming from. You got guys that are dropping. Um, you might where you're going with the ball versus those four verts. If they're in cover two compared to cover three compared to cover four, mm-hmm. yeah, and how a guy might adjust well, yeah, his route off of making, that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, all and, very much a lot harder. And then get everybody on the same page. Are you sliding your protection to a certain side right. or not? I mean, yeah. there's a lot in there rather than hooking which four is kind of what Garrett Riley and Dabo Swinney have talked about is just getting everybody on the same page, making sure they understand the new terminology and the play calls. It's right. not necessarily the plays that are just astronomically different. A lot of them are very similar, maybe even. And some of the same plays, but yeah. just how they call it, when they call it, and the names that they use, uh, and and w- what you need to pay attention to, a certain player group needs to pay attention to in the call is might change. Right? Can I get this one at? So he, he's talking about how many plays 
there'll be in total? Because that's been – have you noticed that, Morgan? There's been, like, this idea that, that – well, Clubby said 80 plays, and he said we were at 80 last year. We're going to only take 30 in this year. But but yesterday, Garrett Riley was asked about that. It's, it's, it's not 80. Um, you know, it's not 80. So, yeah, I mean, just whatever we feel like we need to carry. But for, for us, you know, for what we do, less is more. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll just kind of see where we're at and what we feel like we need to carry. But if, if we can trim it, we're going to trim it. So isn't that amazing? Like, you're, can't we agree upon one thing? Less is more. Well, can we agree that Garrett Riley is the hottest young offensive coordinator in the country? I mean, I don't know about his looks. The, the most sought-after, most successful young offensive coordinator. Oh, okay, yes, yes. With that said, can you imagine in a world like in the corporate world that we're going to hire someone in marketing Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, right? And, Ugh, and Diet Pepsi. Okay, you're Coke Zero guy. Yes, thank let's you. Use Coke. Okay, let's use Coke. Yes, yeah, please. We're going to market Coke Zero. We're going to hire this new marketing genius. And what this person with unbelievable knowledge base of the market and and all of the what the market analysis tells you and all the data tells you and these focus groups that we're going to hire this person and guess what they're going to have less thoughts and they're going to have less or they're going to have fewer things they want to get across Isn't that interesting like, wait a minute. We're gonna we're gonna pay this hot young marketing guru, and he or she's gonna tell us we're gonna do less. But the point there is, yeah, less. Um, Arby's, uh, we've got the beef, or where's the beef, or whatever. That, yeah, that's what you know. That and, and look, we're gonna say, but it's where's the beef? We got the beef. We we got the meats. I could do with a beef and cheddar. Yeah, Those are good. I do the uh, gyro, gyro, gyro. I do the gyro over there. Mm, so good. Be careful not saying it right because uh, I said Ashton Martin by accident because I was Aston, too excited. Aston too excited. Martin. By the way, I never owned one, so you know. No. But I, oh no. I think that being simple, it it really, the thing that I am interested to see is how well the talent on the field handles the fact that they're. There being that complicatedness of it is taken away, and it's really talent versus talent. Winning your one-on-ones. I mean, Wes Goodwin said it on his side of the ball. There should be no reason why Clemson's secondary doesn't win 90% or more of their one-on-one matchups. They have to go out there with an aggressive and violent mentality on defense. And the same way on offense, Garrett Riley and his offense has to go out there and say, it's no longer we'll take what they give us. It's we're running this play. We're going to beat you. We're better recruited. We're better developed. And we're better prepared than you are. So this, here's a text from uh, 1956. Josh Heupel has stated that he brings about 20, oh, I'm sorry, 15 to 20 plays into a Saturday. Tennessee's had the number one offensive country, and they've been a top 10 in the country five consecutive years under Josh, Josh Heupel's offenses. And what I love about his offenses is that they use other players as decoys Almost every single play. So they have a guy they want to go to. 
Everybody already knows they want to go to him, but the routes are made in such a way to where it opens up that player even more so than just their talent alone. Haven't we spent like three or four years in a row here with with di- uh, diagnosing Clemson's offense and saying, "Man, they don't they don't do enough. They, they don't. It's so simple. They don't do enough. They need to do more." And, and the play calling this, the play calling that. What we're talking about here is the two of the hottest offensive minds in college football right now are talking about taking less and doing less. Well, I think the routes themselves and the motion and what you do, that window dressing that you say, um, I think is complicated from a defensive perspective to to be able to understand and figure out. I learned that. And I think the routes are complicated in a way. I learned that from Chad Morris. When Chad Morris says that we have two goals on offense. This is one of the first things he said when he got here. We have two goals on offense. Number one is we want to be very, very simple in what we do and our guys understand it. And number two is we want the offense to think that it's very, very complicated and be confused by what we do. The defense, yeah. Yeah, I mean the defense, yeah. Well, so, and that, to your point, Texture talked in, talked about this as well, and I, I replied back to him on the Adams & Co. roofing text line. It's just like, there was a situation under the previous, you know, staff that you would be third and six, and three out of your four wide receivers would would run six yard and out, and and then one would run deep. And I I remember this play because I drew it up and I put it on Twitter and everybody just blasted it, and that's where I think Clemson got hurt is in simplicity in that way where it's like you just run to the to the first yard marker and then turn to the sideline, to me, I think could be a little bit more creative in your routes than but, that. But those are stick routes. And stick routes for th- third and four, and you run a six-yard stick, or you run a six, and if they're completed, you move the chains. It, it's it's the protection holds up. The quarterback reads the, the defense. The receiver runs the quick route. The, re- the receiver turns around. The ball is delivered. He catches the football, and guess what happens? First down. But the, the problem is, back to what you were saying with the defense, they're not confused by that. They know Clemson wasn't testing the middle of the field. They know Clemson wasn't testing the deep part of the field. They, they knew those things were happening. They knew that more often than not it would be behind the line of but, scrimmage or but, within five yards. To so your point, though. But they like, knew it. They knew sideline was coming. So. There's nothing to me that drives me more crazy about an offense. On third and four and you throw a 30-yard pass, 40-yard pass downfield. That, I don't yeah. need to see testing the defense <laughs> deep on third and three. I want to throw a four-yard out on third and three and complete it and move the chains and get a first down, a fresh set of downs. I don't want to be throwing the football deep on third and three. And the defense knows that. But what I want to do is I want the receiver, I want the offensive line to protect, the quarterback to make the right read, the receiver to run a good four-yard, five-yard route to throw the ball and to catch the ball. And then that way you go, all right, boys, here we go. First down, let's go. I don't need to see you test the, the the vertical part of your defense on third and three. And some of that is the quarterback just being too confident. Or being, being overly confident in the read, the pre-snap read. They make the drop back. They've already made the decision that they're going to go to Davis Allen deep on the right not, side. Not just that. Sometimes you make the decision that, uh, well, it's man coverage. Yeah, you just. I got man coverage over there, so I got to go there. No, man, because that's a low percentage throw. I want a high percentage first down chain mover. Yeah, I mean in that, that case. You get baited into that for sure. Yeah. All right, short break final segment of a Thursday show right after this. 
One day, your Honda, Acura, Lexus, or Toyota is going to need an oil change. And there's that question, where do I take it? Before you make that decision, ask yourself what you're getting. Do they test drive your vehicle? Do they rotate your tires? Do they glance at the brakes? Or remove the tires and provide an exact measurement of your brake pads? What about suspension? Fluids? At First Class Halt, an oil change means so much more than routine maintenance. Come experience the difference. FirstClassHalt.com, your dealership alternative in Anderson and Greenville. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters end a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Built to last and rock-solid resale value. Just two of the many reasons to own a Toyota. And the place to buy your Toyota? Ralph Hayes Toyota in Anderson. For over 70 years, Ralph Hayes Toyota has been delivering great value and service while setting themselves apart from the competition. And they're the oldest Toyota dealer in South Carolina. For new, used, or certified pre-owned Toyotas, find them at Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. Griff's Farm and Home Center has expanded with a new greenhouse and is now a do-it-best hardware member. They have everything you need for your home, farm, and garden with products by Fox Farm, miracle Grow, Diamond, Valspar, Cabot, and a new paint department that can handle all of your needs. Located behind the Burger King in Pendleton, visit GriffsFarmAndHome.com to learn more or call 864-646-3259. If you mention The Roar, get an additional $5 off any $50 purchase during March. Put some extra room in your monthly budget. Right now, when you refinance your ride with Founders, you can beat your current auto rate by 1% and make no monthly payments for 90 days. That's a deal that will leave you feeling super confident that you can pay off your vehicle. Get moving. Visit foundersfcu.com forward slash super rates to see how we can help get you moving. That's foundersfcu.com forward slash super rates. Terms and conditions apply. Membership qualification required. Federally insured by NCUA. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. Learn the basics of name, image, likeness contracts, and how to safely do business with college athletes. Clemson Area Chamber of Commerce hosts another Eggs and Opportunities Breakfast, March 15th from 7.30 to 9, with Jordan Sorrells and Nick Eason, both with Clemson Athletic Football. Join us at the Clemson Indoor Football Facility for this NIL event. The dear old Clemson Collective will be on hand to answer questions about doing NIL the Clemson way. For tickets, call the Clemson Area Chamber at 654-1200. This weekend, the Clemson Tigers are at home inside Doug Kingsmore Stadium as they play host to the Georgia State Panthers. The last weekend series before conference play, and the Tigers look to defend home turf with some wins. Broadcast being at 3.30 on Friday, 1.30 on Saturday, 11.30 on Sunday. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. The Varsity, where in Atlanta you can get a hot dog, but in South Carolina you get sports talk. The Roar, where every day is game day.
Looks good. It's one of my biggest regrets that I did not learn to play the piano as a kid. The It's the gateway yes, uh, it is. instrument because you, once you know that, I feel like anybody, everybody who can play something else knows how to play the piano. So Texas makes a really good point. This is 1956 again, who gave us the 15 plays from Tennessee. says that, that most pass routes are option stuff anyway. The receiver's first job is to destroy the cushion. Uh, the, the route then or the route goes where the leverage tells it to. But but my point back on and I agree with all that. My point back is on a on a third and three, even though the leverage or the coverage is one way, I'll, I'll take a five yard high percentage throw even into coverage over a forty yard low percentage throw because that was the right read. We see that time and time again where I know the quarterback has taught certain things, but that's where you just got to have down the distance. One of the things that we we learn about Garrett Riley. And and this is during the Heisman Trophy buildup. And help me again on TCU's quarterback last year. My mind just went blank. TCU, Max Duggan? Yeah, Duggan, Duggan talked about that one of the things that Riley, one of the big differences in, in the Duggan year with Riley is that they spent so much time together that the, the, the offense, the reads, the checks – were, were simplest stuff to him in his mind because it just felt second nature after spending so much time and watching so much film. And, I, and I, this is just simple, simple stuff, but it's even made even more simple by just being comfortable with each other in a relationship thing here. Isn't this crazy? And of fans, we think, man, X and O. And... As a coach, you're thinking, no, nah, man, just relationship. It's Jimmy and Joe. Just let's let's talk through this thing and let's work through this thing and let's think about the thoughts rather than what the play is. See, I'm with you on that. I really am because I think coaches get way too much credit and way too much blame yeah. on both ends. So I think – think about it. When you look at basketball, for example, how awesome is it when your point guard and your power forward are on the same page? When the pick and roll works perfect. Right. When they just, when they're having fun with each other. And I think we saw some of that from the recent practice about Will Shipley talking about how he worked with Cade Klubnick in these um, mesh kind of um, reads. And Will, uh, CJ Spiller was kind of the safety linebacker. And Garrett Riley was the defensive end. And they were running it. And it was like Klubnick and Shipley were just working together perfectly, calling the right plays taking the ball pro- properly, pulling it properly, making the right decisions together, getting players together like that, especially with quarterback and wide receiver, I really feel like that's the struggle that Clemson has had is getting the players to work together. So that is so hard, though, for a fan to to grasp. You know this. You, you have an ultra-successful YouTube sensation channel. Yes, millions. And you know this from the show as well. Your fans, your people you talk to, and you know this from our text line, you know this from our callers. Like, as fans, we want to say that, man, that was a terrible play call. And I can't believe that coach would call that play. And yet, here we are, we're, we're talking about these, these, these brilliant offensive minds that are ultra successful. I've heard Lincoln Riley talk about this as well. Now we've heard Garrett Riley talk about it. We've heard other guys talk about it. Like, and even going back to the old days of what Coach Ford did here. 
Like it has so little. This is what Nick Saban told us. I gave you the quote five times on the show. This is what Nick Saban told us. So often we want to talk about the call, and it's not the call. It has nothing to do with the call. See, as as fans, especially at college, we want to say, man, our coach is so dumb. Why did that coach call that play? And in the end, if you sat down with that coach on that one play call, on, on, on he would say, he could, he could go in and diagnose this thing. All right, here's the thought process. Here's why we went with that formation. Here's why we went with that personnel group. Here's why we went with that motion or that shift. Here's why we we went with that. But well, here's what we're supposed to see in a pre-snap read. Here's what here's what they showed us. Here's what we did in a post-snap read. And all of this makes sense. And all this would have worked if and only if the left guard would have picked up the middle linebacker on that on that cross buck blitz that we saw. That A B that A gap blitz that we saw. He didn't do it. And guess what? We got sacked. He got pressure. He had to throw it away. He threw it early, and the ball. Would, or, and so again, this has as fans. This is so hard for us to do because we see a guy making a million dollars, and we say, "Man, not the player that messed up." That the man. I can't believe that dumb coach. Well, this is time and time again. The dumb coach did it. But as Nick Saban has already told you, and now as Garrett Riley's telling you, now as, as Lincoln Riley's telling you, now as Josh Hipples was telling you, this stuff is, man, it has nothing to do with the play call. It's not. It's the idea that we have identified this, we have repped this, and we have executed this. I guarantee you tonight, this afternoon you watch basketball, and this afternoon in the ACC basketball tournament, that there will be plays that that Steve Forbes or, or Larry Nagel will call and, and sets their call that when the shot goes into the hoop, we'll go, oh, man, what a, that's a great play. That's a great set they just ran right there. Now, the Adams & Co. roofing text line does get in and say, a couple of people are saying, well, what about the, the situational calls? Like, not, not running the ball against South Carolina, not running the ball against uh, Tennessee properly. Personally, I think that is, that is way above board. That is above. You can criticize that 100%. And every fan – now, in hindsight, we can. But, but yes, yeah, saying – right. I do this all the time in the stands. On second and two – I am screaming in my head, run the ball, man, run the ball. Let's run the inside zone. Right now, the running back is hot. The offensive line is feeling it. Run the ball. And then when they throw the ball and it's incomplete, it's third and two, and then they throw it again on third and two, it's incomplete. I'm going, oh, my gosh, man, it was second and two. Just run the ball. As fans, yes, we know that. But, yeah, but even then, even then, even then, Morgan, on the throw on second and two, had the protection just slid to the right side, had the call been made right, had the quarterback taken the right drop and made the right read and thrown the ball to the right guy and the receiver actually run the right route and had he caught the ball, then that would have been a much better play call. But I I don't disagree with that. I I think as it's very similar to this. It's very similar to me listening to a note from the Eagles and going – Oh man, I like that song. Or I didn't like that song compared to Joe Walsh should have hit the the A minor right there rather than the C major. I don't know A minor and C major. I don't even know what the heck that is. Or to me to say to the chef, man, you know what? That meal was good. I, I like my meal. Not that I would have gone a little more medallions with that, and I would have gone a little more of a garlicky taste of that. I don't know that, man. That guy went to culinary school. That lady went to culinary school. She knows all of that. I don't know that kind of stuff. But, like, my taste buds go, you know what? That steak was pretty good. 
I like it. It was good. I like the potatoes with it, the, the way they put the asparagus. Yeah, it worked out really well together. Makes sense? Like, it does. macro rather than micro. On the macro thing, it, man, I think every fan in the world could say, could say we needed to run the ball more against South Carolina, 100%. I mean, just, 100%. Look, just look at the show, Mickey. You and I are so talented. So talented. Uber talented. Give us any topic. <laughs> we can run with it. It doesn't matter about the plays. <laughs> it's the talent. I've told you this. Now, coordination it, is important. It's the Jimmys and Joes. It's the Morgans and Mickeys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Mickeys and Moes. Right. It's, it's, that's what it's about. <laughs> you, you know, you think, look, I'm not, I'm not trying. John Rittman's a great coach. But Valerie Cagle is a generational Get talent. Get it done. Get it done. You know? I mean, you could be a great Quarterback coach, but Trevor Lawrence, generational talent. Um, I mean, the, you got the talent yes. on the field puts it together. And coordinating them to work together, that's where the coach really comes involved. Because um, they can't just figure it out on their own. That's not going to work. Yes. Agree right. with that. But and recruiting that and developing that and setting those all You can set up. them up. And, and textures get in here, too, and say, say the same thing. I think not only coordinating them together, but then saying, hey, who is the Mickey Plyler on the team? Let's give him the ball. Give them the rock. Hey, Brad Hughes, my all agent. I'm good hand Brad Hughes. Good hand all Two nine two three zero zero one. Get in touch with him. Brad Hughes is the best in the business. I guarantee you make one phone call to Brad Hughes. You're going to love love what he does. Uh, extra mile. This is 75-64 saying every play call is not the perfect play call, even if it's executed. Come on, man. That gives you too much credit to the coaches. They make bad play calls too. Sure they do. They make bad play calls all the time. But how many times have you done this as a fan? Somebody throws up a three-point and you go, no, 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 no. And it goes in and you go, yeah. Right? Uh man, I would have gone. I would have gone off speed here. I go change up to this guy right here, and instead he throws a fastball on the outside corner. Strike three. Yeah, man, great pitch. We do it in football all the time. A guy, it could be a bad play call, a bad play call, and somebody makes somebody miss, break a tackle, and it goes for for forty yards. You go, man, that's a great play call. It's it is about execution. That's my point. Uh, quickly finish things up. Skip the music. What do you have for me, MT? Preparation is key. When I look at getting ready for my eight and under practice tonight at 545, parents, make sure you're there on time. I looked at the Clemson practice. I went on Monday, and what I was amazed by with how prepared Garrett Riley and the entire team was already. You would think a brand-new coach wouldn't be prepared, maybe wouldn't be fully ready, maybe still needs to get on page with everybody. No, not the case. He was ready. He had his individual reps with his quarterbacks. Every single quarterback knew exactly what to do. The the assistant staff knew exactly what to do. And then they went into immediately a two-minute drill up and down the field with every single person that was available and they executed up and down the field now the play worked maybe maybe not but they they were ready and prepared to get the season started off fast i agree with all that hey ericnewton.com uh, right now folks you students you got to get the beds you got to get the uh get it done right hey have a great day more importantly tune in tomorrow that's what we'll see right here on the radio WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. If you are looking for first-class service, consider First Class Halt. Here at First Class Halt, our technicians are not paid by commission. All this does is promote unnecessary repairs and dollars being spent by you. We pride ourselves on being honest. We will never sell you a service that doesn't need to be done, and no surprises. All prices must be approved by you before work is